Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Meet My Friend Friday. You guys know how passionate I am about encouraging you off of the bench and onto the battlefield. And every Friday here, I like to introduce you to a friend of mine who is doing just that in the hopes that the Lord will speak to you about ways that you can be engaged uh, in the world around you to advance the cause of the gospel. So if that's you today, I'm excited because you're going to get to meet my friend, Jen Schmidt. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So I am, I'm just going to jump right into it today. I am thrilled because I've got my friend Jen on the podcast with me and I've been trying to do this for a while, but we're like two ships in the night. Jen has a brand new book out called Just Open the Door, How One Invitation Can Change a Generation. And she joins me at the podcast to talk about it today. Hey, Jen, welcome to the show. Hey, Heidi, thank you so much for having me. I wish we were at my kitchen table sipping coffee, but this has got to be the next best thing. I know. I, You know what? We're going to figure it out sometime. We keep trying to figure it out. And uh, between your <laughs> schedule and mine, <laughs> it just seems like it's kind of hard to do. But you've got you've kind of got a lot going on. You've got um, a lifestyle blog, Balancing Beauty and Bedlam, which I've been following for uh, many years. And you've done all kinds of things from easy dinner ideas to personal finance. You're really about uh, leaving a legacy. And I love that about you. But before we we dig into um, all things uh, Jen Schmidt, I want to <laughs> ask you about your family. You are a homeschool mom, right? You have five I children. Am. I have five children. I have been a homeschool mom for about 20 years. We just kind of entered the new stage of life that you're in as our eldest just got married uh, December 30th. Um, mm. But I still have a, are my baby's 14. So she's a freshman in high school. Um, so I'm still homeschooling too. Um, we did have two that went um, for one or two years to public school because he yeah. was trying to get a a sports scholarship for football and needed to be on a school team. But otherwise, I am definitely a homeschool mom at heart. <laughs> I love it. And you really have a heart for hospitality and really encouraging you and I were talking about this a few minutes before uh, this we began recording, that you really have a heart to sort of reframe the conversation about hospitality, which I think is sort of a musty one, right? <laughs> we, yeah, absolutely. We think of it in sort of old-fashioned terms, but we really live in a culture where we're not talking to each other anymore except for we're online. And I love your heart because I think for, for so many of us inviting people into our homes, um, it feels like, well, A, we feel like we have to have our house completely cleaned up. Exactly. Right? We feel, how are we going to make time for it? Uh, how are we going to, how, what, you know, what's the big deal anyway? And I think we've sort of lost it. Uh, the the legacy and really what God mm -hmm. can do when we just uh, put ourselves out there. And so, why did you, um, why did you write this book? What's your like? We all have a, a I think, a message that the Lord has given us. And certainly over here at the podcast, my message has been for a long time: get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. It's one of the things I love about your message because it gives women a way to get onto the battlefield. So tell absolutely tell listeners um, 
why, you know, why did you write this book? What was, what was your heart's desire that women would come away with? Well, I mean, men too, not just women, right? Absolutely. Men too. In fact, in the book, my dad and my three brothers all have little excerpts in this because they have seen how opening our door is essentially hospitality. Not only do I view it as worship, but I feel that it is a, it is a way that we can combat the enemy's tactics. I mean, I see hospitality in a way as war because we can open our door, welcoming people in and point others to the glory of God. And so one of my, my passions is I think as we, you know, dive into social media and women are so much more interconnected online, they're replacing online relationships with in real life relationships. And Mm. so our, our heart and our souls, we ache for community. We ache to belong. We ache to be in fellowship together. And yet we overthink this notion of hospitality. We stress about it. We're, we're busy. We're overwhelmed. And so before we ever extend an invitation, we have overwhelmed our soul. And so we don't, we don't even start. And so one of the things that I want to do is help reframe. Um, I think this word hospitality, you'll see it's nowhere in the title because we have these preconceived notions. And what people assume is they're allowing this notion of social entertaining and long lingering four-course meals and tablescapes and spending two weeks giving our you know husbands a honey-do list and getting everything in order. We've allowed that notion of entertaining to hijack the true heart of biblical hospitality. Pinterest. Yep. I mean, we have allowed it to... Um, you know, steal and overwhelm us. And so what I want people to see is that we can offer this gift of invitation. We can walk a road of welcome wherever the Lord has us, no matter how busy or overwhelmed, there are simple and practical tools that we can do this. And I, I did it because my parents first opened the door for me. I was adopted and I see that thread in scripture. And yet, I never knew that there was anything special about hospitality because my parents, it was part of their everyday ordinary life. We had a small home when they first started. So they actually put a volleyball court in the backyard and started inviting neighbors over to play volleyball. We would have a missionary who needed a place to stay and they would come in for the weekend. Um, we had a drug addict who was just had gone through rehab and his wife didn't want him living with them and they were struggling in their marriage. And so he, he lived with us for a season. We had unwed moms who were, you know, at that time when it was a, a very taboo thing, come and live with us. Mm. And so I didn't realize that extending and opening our door, I heard that door slam, slam, slam all the time and didn't realize it was anything extraordinary. And now I realize they modeled this legacy of welcome. Um, and so. Now they're empty mm-hmm. nesters. They've probably had 50 different um, international students, uh, a lot of Muslim students living with them over the years. And, and yet it's not about necessarily having people live with us, right? Because that's very overwhelming, especially if we're busy moms, maybe we feel that we don't have the room, but there's just simple ways that we can do life with people um, right where we are. And so that is, I give a lot of, I kind of I kind of cover it all from comparison to busy schedules to how we can model it's almost like a life lab for our children and modeling and developing their character to adoption to money and and thrifty ways to extend hospitality. So we kind of cover it all. 
And you and I have a really similar heart for that sort of thrifty entertaining. You and I are both really, uh, we're, we're thrift store shoppers. Yeah, I love yeah. to watch your little Goodwill finds. <laughs> um, and I think it's important for moms to to hear this and for and for dads to hear it too, because I think some of the most powerful things that we do come out of just ordinary day to day absolutely life. And for whatever reason, you know, we have this idea in our head. You know, we can blame Pinterest or we could blame Sunset right. Magazine or Better Homes and Gardens we have or lots Southern of Living, excuses, right? <laughs> Magnolia, that's my new one. <laughs> Darn you, Magnolia. Uh, but I, I do think that uh, if we could just look at the power of relationship, the truth is when someone comes into our house and it looks Pinterest perfect, I actually think that hurts us a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because it's not, people can't relate to that. You know, it's it's amazing. Years ago, my husband was a pastor for a long, long time. And in the 20 years that we spent full-time working in churches, uh, the, one of the most powerful things I learned from uh, one of the pastors that we served under was that he, his wife, he and his wife had a, they called a peanut butter and jelly mantra. And I, I was like, what do you mean? He said, they invite somebody over every week. And if all they have is peanut butter and jelly, that's what they serve. And mm-hmm. he said, some of the best conversations had happened sitting on the floor of their living room with paper plates and peanut butter and jelly. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, all the walls fall down because mm-hmm. no one feels like they have to No, it's not fancy. We're not trying to one-up each other. We're not exactly. feeling bad because our house looks dirty, you know? Right. And I thought that was powerful. And people came to Christ over peanut butter and jelly sandwiches Amen. on the living room floor of, of Cal's house. And I just yep. thought that was powerful. Well, and we we have that choice, don't we? We have we can choose to step in and lean in to being a host, or we can be uh, a hostage to the expectations and comparison of other. And so when we look at the way that Jesus walked this road of welcome, he didn't first say like to his disciples, he didn't first say to anyone, okay, wait a minute, before you come follow me, you need to clean yourself up and get your act together. No, I mean, he actually bypassed the, the prom course kind of people, the the A team and went right for the B team. So why would we think that there's this expectation that we need to clean up our lives before we extend, you know, extend that welcome? There's freedom in being mm-hmm. able to kind of throw off those chains of performance. And that's what people want. They want to, they want to do life together. And so I'm not saying like if if you're if your listeners, if someone has that gift of creativity and art and they just love creating this space of beauty, well, God is a, he's a God of creativity and order, right? So then Absolutely. use that and bless some women in, in special moments. But what I want people to realize is that biblical hospitality is not this one and done big event. It's not just welcoming people in for this big meal, this one-time event or once a month supper club. It is this lifestyle of welcome, of welcoming people into our homes, which is, you know, I'm not, let's be honest. It's a vulnerable place. You're welcoming people into your mess and your messy lives and your messy closets. And I shove everything in my closet sometime and pray that they don't think it's the bathroom if they've never been there before. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We've all done that. But that's where, (laughs) like you said, that's where real life happens is when you can kind of push those expectations aside. And the reason I I landed on the the subtitle, how one invitation can change a generation is because I've seen that you and I, we've both been in ministry. I'm a worship leader at a large church. I've been on, you know, however many committees you want or however many stages. And yet when I look at the greatest kingdom 
impact that our family has had. It hasn't been any in any venue or any kind of big thing. It's been in the simple mentor or one-on-one life relationships we've had. And that might be just offering up my thrift store sofa. Um, one of the guys that I mentioned now, he's 26 and he came to know Jesus. He'd never met a gospel centered family. And, um, Mm. he came, he, you know, his parents were never married. He came from a very difficult background. Um, my sons were playing football with them and we started inviting all the football guys over. Um, and, he stayed and we offered our thrift store sofa. And so through it, he named Jesus as Lord. And when I look back, I said, you know, I added a couple extra chicken breasts to the crock pot. I offered up my thrift store table and my, my painted, you know, my nasty painted thrift store um, table and my you know <laughs> sofa and the messy boy's room. I mean, smelly, you know, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, what beautiful. is it with boys? Rooms? Oh, my I don't even know. And all three of our boys shared a room. So then you put a bunch of football players and oh my goodness. And, oh you know, man, so, open the windows. Exactly. Girl. When I think back on him <laughs> now, when, when he gets married and has children, his generational tree has been changed, not by anything extraordinary, but just that the Lord, you know, kind of impressed on our heart, just Open up your door and whatever you have, just, just say, I'm willing, I'm available, use it, you know? And so mm. I keep coming back to that, that it's not about doing this, you know, our calling, he has called us to pursue hospitality. And that is not just for an extroverted woman who loves to decorate. This is for everyone. This is for every man and woman. He's called us to pursue hospitality. And it is a strong verb. You know, if we look at the grammar, it's a verb that is in continual action. And so where do we walk this road of welcome in our everyday, whether it's in the office, whether it's on the sidelines of the football field, whether we're homeschooling our kids, whether we're on a stage, you know, where can we offer this gift of invitation that just says, hey, let's do life together. And along the way, Lord, allow me to point this person to you. You know, may I be an image bearer by saying life is messy. Here's my story. It's, it's because of what he has done in my life. And that's when we open our door. That's, it's the most tangible vehicle we have for pointing others to his glory because our home is where the good, bad, and ugly, you know, we're with our kids all the time. They see the real me. Mm -hmm. They know that I can't put on a mask. They've seen me screaming at them 30 minutes before Mm -hmm. somebody comes over because they didn't clean up their mess. And all of a sudden I was so overwhelmed with conviction when these women, women walked through the door because I had a smile on their face and I knew that I had laid my son's heart bleeding upstairs and I had to stop them and say, just a minute and go up and say, you know, I apologize. I love you. I never want them to see their mom pursuing hospitality, um, but forsaking mm. my own children. So it's the way that I can allow my kids to journey it with me. Yeah, it's so important. And I think too, you know, every every mom who's listening to this has done that, right? Absolutely. We've all done Especially it. Especially on the way to church, think, right? <laughs> Sunday oh, morning. for the love, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know the, of all the years that we worked full-time in church, there were so many, and Jay would leave in the morning and I would be, you know, left home to get five, six 
seven kids ready for church and out the door. And there were so many mornings when I would get to church and I'd be like, I don't know if I should be here. I feel like I should be in confessional somewhere. I'm not even Catholic and I feel like that's what needs to happen. Yep. (laughs) It's really true. So for the mom, we've got about uh, four and a half minutes left. So I want to just give some practical tips some of these um, families who are listening. First of all, I I think it's really important. You said at the beginning, but I want to hit on it one more time. For the men who are listening um, and their wife has either she's struggled or she feels inadequate, boy, a little... um, a little nudge of encouragement from a husband goes a long, long way. Absolutely. Uh, at home, I know that when Jay, you know, if Jay says, I would love to invite, you know, someone's over for a barbecue or, or whatever. And for him just to say, why don't you make that, you know, that chicken thing that's so great, you know, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm the best chef in the world because my husband just told me he loves that, um, that crock pot casserole that yeah, I make every, exactly. th- every Thursday. So not adding to, to, um, you know, not making, just making it simple, but what are some really practical when you think of, you know, groups of people. So the mom who's listening to this and she's going, I don't even know where to start. Like I, I wouldn't know how to invite somebody over or how do you approach somebody or where to even look? What would you say? I would say, you know what? Start with a, a spontaneous act of hospitality because the bar is set much lower, you know, as I think of make room for one more. So, um, the greatest commandment, right. Talks about neighboring well, and yet we might not even know our neighbors. So maybe it starts with, we see them out raking leaves and maybe our, we want to do this with our husbands. And we just say, Hey, I am, you know, lead with truth and be vulnerable and just say, I'm so sorry. I don't even know your name. We have waved at each other for the last year, but I brought some extra chicken breasts. My husband tonight, he is throwing some stuff on the grill. Do you guys want to come over and do it outside? Or maybe you invite a few families for a rip your float. That has been my favorite thing. I don't have to do any time. It's very frugal. It's within my budget. Um, or maybe if you're in a sports team, I talk a lot about in my book, um, taking your hospitality on the go. We've got different obligations with our children. What act of hospitality can you take, this gift of welcome, um, can you take on the go? And look to the left and right of you. Women are craving connection. How can you invite them in to one more conversation? Or maybe you get coffee during that sports event or dance lessons or whatever. Um, so there's a lot of hmm. practical ways we can start. I, I give, in fact, it's fun to get feedback from some of the first readers of women who've never opened their door. And they, this week, within a week, they took some of the practical tips and stepped forward in faith and just said, I'm willing, Lord, use use me. However, that looks. It's powerful. I think we've forgotten because we're so used. It's you know we're throwing things back and forth at each other on Instagram and on Facebook and and you know via social media, and it's almost like we've lost just the art of communication. And it's amazing to me over the years as Jay and I have kind of come out because it really does require you coming out of your comfort zone. I love that you that you said, just be honest, you know, say to your neighbor, Hey, I, you know, I, re- I realize that we wave at each other, but I don't even know your name. And I just, um, you know, I'm Heidi or just introduce yourself. Absolutely. There's power in that connection. It's Absolutely. Meaningful. So Jen, before we go today, you have been doing something for a long time called the Becoming Conference. And that is right around the corner, right? It is. It is April 20th and 21st, right outside of Asheville, North Carolina. And I like to call it the ultimate girls getaway weekend because we talk about all things creative, frugal, and purposeful. So I have 
we have 10 different workshops over two days on everything from like hand lettering to meal planning and learn that instant pot to how to paint furniture that you found at a yard sale to leaving a legacy and traditions and decluttering. We've got uh, somebody come in, talk about decluttering at the speed of light, which I need to be sitting in on. So it's just about all things heart and home, but a lot of hands-on and, and just it's, kind of like a moment for your soul and encourage us to dive into the everyday things we we have to do at home, right? Mm, so I love it. Well, if people want to get more information and figure out how to register for that, where do they go? Um, they can go to my blog at beautyandbeldom.com, but the easiest is thebecomingconference.com. The name so of the, the becoming conference.com. You guys heard it here first. It's going to be April 20th through the 21st just outside of Asheville. So if you're in the North Carolina area, um, check it out. And if you're not, if you're over here on the West Coast, I will be speaking on the Oregon Coast that weekend, encouraging women at the Cannon Beach Conference Center. So uh, check out those those opportunities. And Jen, I'm excited about that. Way to go, girl. It's fun. And it's cheap, 55 bucks, and you've got it. It's fun. <laughs> well, I love what you are doing. I love your book. So everybody who's listening to this, you guys need to check it out. Jen's brand new book, Just Open the Door, How One Invitation Can Change a Generation. Jen, is it available now? When does it release? It's for pre-order and there's really great uh, freebies. In fact, $10 free shopping on Dayspring. So that alone is worth it. Hello. <laughs> it releases April 10th along with a Lifeway Bible study as well. So, And where can they order the book? Pretty much any place books are sold right now? Any place books are sold and then go to justopenthedoor.com to redeem some fun bonuses. So I love we're it. Have lots of fun. Good. I love the pre-order season of books because who doesn't want a I bunch know. of free stuff? But I really exactly. do think I think this is such an important message for uh, for this generation to say, I hey, how about we stop talking to each other over Facebook and we start doing in real life? I love your heart. Thank you so much, Jen, for writing this book and for coming on uh, the show today. Oh, Heidi, thank you. It has been an honor to be here. And I hope this really encourages and shapes uh, a legacy of generations to come. I'm, I know that it's going to. For everybody who wants more information about this book and Jen's ministry to mothers, I will link back to Jen Schmidt at the podcast show notes today. Again, the name of her book is Just Open the Door, How One Invitation can change a generation. It's been a delight to have Jen on the show with me. If you guys have questions or a podcast guest that you want to uh, see come on the show, please shoot us an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. I will be back here next Monday with a friend who's going to be helping me answer one of your important questions at Mailbox Monday. And we have just started a brand new Bible study. It's coming up. Uh, it starts on the 2nd of April. We're going to be doing a series called Gird Up Girl Strategies in Spiritual Warfare. So don't miss it. You can sign up at momstronginternational.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com. <laughs>